This is the Practical Teaching Tips Podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers, high school science and chemistry teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Practical Teaching Tips podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers. And today I want to talk about something that has become a forgotten concept in teaching, and that is the role that teachers play in setting an example for their students to follow. In other words, being a role model as a teacher. Now, this used to be a given this used to be a no-brainer. When you did your teacher training, when you qualified as a teacher, it was known by everyone and by society that you held a high position. You held a high position in the community and you had certain responsibilities that went with that position. And one of them was being a role model for your students to follow, setting a good example. But today, Not many um, podcasters, bloggers, YouTubers, influencers, or or even um, educational authorities in this space will talk about this topic because it has become so controversial, which is most unfortunate. I think we mustn't forget the unique role that we play as teachers in shaping, molding, and influencing positively the young minds of the learners that we teach. And there's a few things I'm going to discuss today that I think a lot of teachers might not realize, but are very deep subliminal cues that trigger our students and prompt our students and prime our students when we're teaching them and influence them in the long term. Now, number one, the very first thing we have to do as teachers in terms of being a role model for our students, is we have to love the job of teaching and we have to love the subjects we teach. And if you're one of these teachers who doesn't really love your subject, doesn't really love the job, you've really got to start thinking about what it is you could love about your subject, what you could love about the job. Now, I think most teachers, they they enter teaching because they do have a passion to help young people. But unfortunately, there is this um, kind of group of of young adults who entered the profession because it was a safe bet. It was a job that gave a reasonable salary um, and there was some long term security in the job. Um, And that is not the the reason to enter the profession. So if you are one of these people who, who entered for financial reasons and you became a teacher because of the stability of the position, um, I would urge you to reevaluate your reasons for doing the job in the first place because believe it or not, your students can easily pick up on how motivated you are every day. And you really have to be motivated. Um, Even when you're having a bad day, even when a senior leader might have talked or spoken with you about something and you're not too happy about it or something's happened at school or something's going on in your personal life, you still have to turn up to school um, passionate, motivated, driven, 
and in love with your subject. Um, because when you do that, that rubs off on your students and they become motivated and they become in love with the subject. Um, and I used to think when I was a trainee teacher that subject knowledge wasn't, well, or was really important, I used to think, um, when, I was, when I was doing my, my PGCE all those years ago. And my teacher training um, school at Bangor University, that a lot of the lecturers there were of the mindset that your passion and your enthusiasm and your um, preparedness for the lesson is more important than your subject knowledge. And I tend to agree with that mindset. I tend to agree that your lesson preparation and your motivation in class is, is more important than um, how many qualifications you have in that subject or how deeply you know the subject. But I will say this, though. The more you know your subject that you're teaching, the more you will love that subject. And that will generate passion within you. And that will rub off in the classroom with your students. So subject knowledge does help. Um, but it is certainly not the most important thing. Um, how driven we are to deliver the very best we can to our students is really, I think, the number one way in which we as teachers can be role models for the students in front of us. And you would be surprised just how far this can go in affecting a student's life. Um, very famous kind of story from my personal life that I'm really proud of personally is when I ran an extracurricular activity, an after-school club, in basic German. Now, I, I cannot speak German fluently, but I did do a GCSE in German, which is kind of like um, an exam that, that children take at age 16 in the UK. Um, and I got a good grade. I got a grade A in German, so I was pretty good at the basics of German. And here I am in Thailand, an international school, um, age 26 years old. And I decide to run this after school club in German because because every teacher had to do some kind of after school club. And these kids came along. There was about 15 to 20 of them. And we had a lot of fun in that club. Uh, they were listening to German radio on the Internet. We were doing conversations. Uh, there was a lot of active engagement. And I had a lot of fun teaching it, and the children had a lot of fun, I think, for the most part. But anyway, one student in that class who'd never learnt German before until she came to my after-school club um, decided after that that she would go and learn German at university. And to this day, she now works at the at the German consulate or, or German embassy or something in Bangkok doing uh, translation. Um, so that's become her life. And it all started from me running that after-school club and being really passionate about it. And then, of course, her taking the next steps and putting in the hard work to create that career for herself. So I, I just want to illustrate the point that you never really know just how deeply you touch a student's heart, mind, emotions, motivation and drive when you yourself are driven and passionate about your subject. Um, it really can 
be quite profound. Um, I've taught chemistry for many, many years now, talking about 16 years or so now. And I know of several students I've taught who've gone on to study chemistry at university. And I know of one student at least um, who has gone on to do a PhD in chemistry and now works at a, a petrochemical company um, here in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, I have, I've heard rumors that there could be another one that I've taught as well that's, that, that's gone that far um, and taken the subject to that level. Um, and I've taught numerous students over the years who've gone on to become doctors and um, have studied some form of chemical science at university. And I think part of the reason that's happened with those particular students is because I delivered the subject as best as I could. So I did a half-decent job of delivering the subject. But also I was very, very passionate about the subject. And in a way that caused my students to become in love with the subject and passionate about the subject as well. Um, so that's so important. That's I think that's the first rule of being a role model for students is having a passion for the subject you are teaching. Now the second thing, and this is something that I have failed at um, from time to time during all the years I've been teaching, and that is that if you say something, you must do it. Don't make promises you can't keep. Um, and I always think back to when I was an A-level chemistry student in the UK years and years and years ago. And we had this teacher come in and he was a PhD. He was a doctor in chemistry. He came in and he was a trainee teacher. He had all this experience and he was telling us all that he used to work at Shell and he, was, he had contacts. And he promised the class that he would take us to the Shell laboratory where they do all this cool petrochemical stuff and we would go there and do some cool chemistry stuff and we were waiting and waiting and waiting um, for months and months and eventually it never happened um, and I was so disappointed at that um, and I still remember it now just being excited that we would go to these labs and it never happened and I think we've got to be so careful as teachers that we don't overpromise and underdeliver. Uh, we must never do that. Um, you, you would be surprised at just how um, upset or disappointed or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Deflated your students can get when you do things like that. So be careful about the promises you make. Only promise things you can actually keep. Um, and kind of tied in with that is the third one. And that is the frequency at which we give feedback. Our students are only going to improve if they have regular feedback. Now this can be quite challenging to implement when you're a new teacher. But I found the very best way to do it is to do it through live marking. Um, and you might think, well, how does, hang on a minute, Richard, how does this tie into being a role model for students? Well, when you're vigilant in the classroom and you're doing live marking and you're walking around and you're giving regular feedback and you're active, you know, you're not sat on your computer checking emails or doing admin whilst the class are doing a task, which I know can be a good way to dovetail 
but kind of removes from the active engagement of the lesson. If you're walking around, you're checking student books, using a red pen, a green pen, or a colored pen or something, and you're ticking and flicking, you're writing comments, you're having those one-to-one conversations with children, you are actually building rapport with those children. You're building connections. You're building that professional connection with each of those children. You're getting to know them more, I mean, it's amazing just how much information you can pick up just by walking around your class whilst they're doing a task and checking their books and talking to them. Um, And when you build that professional connection, those students, they respect you more. um, They receive more guidance from you. And it inspires them to push themselves more. And I think... The frequency at which we give feedback and particularly the live marking process and our vigilance and activeness within the lesson definitely ties in with how you as a teacher can be a role model. Now, for my fourth point on this, on being a role model as a teacher, I want to talk about something which is not going to be pleasant, I'm afraid, but Especially younger teachers really need to hear this, but I think every teacher really has to wake up and smell the coffee with this. The way that you behave on social media is not looked over by not only the senior managers at your school, but at the students that you teach. And you need to be so careful about what you're posting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, and what you're doing online um, as a teacher. You've got to be so, so careful about that. In the show notes to this episode, I will link to a blog post I wrote about this, and it has some case studies in it, Um, and they're very illustrative. Um, There was one case study of um, a teacher in Wales who she tweeted some, what she thought was a joke, and she said, um, just at the end of Friday, but I feel like I still want to stab some kids or something along those lines. Now, she didn't mean it, of course. She thought it was a funny joke, but the parents didn't see it that way. And um, she ended up in some real hot water over that. Um, and then there was the the case of... Um, well, there's been multiple cases, actually, of, of teachers just posting inappropriate content on the internet um you know photos of binge drinking photos of all kinds of conduct that wouldn't be seen as professional and social media is great for connecting with people and it's just great for keeping in touch with old friends but i think as teachers we've we've got to realize that the public have a certain perception of us and we can't get away with doing things which don't put us in the best light. So if you're on social media, smoking, drinking, uh, partying, you know, you're dancing on tables, um, drunk or something like that, um, or there's video footage of you describing your particular beliefs on a topic as well, um, you know, particularly with things like LGBTQIA++ and anything that's kind of, topical but inflammatory and in the news at the moment you've got to be really careful about that because not everyone's going to agree with you and you could end up in a situation where 
parents and students are not going to respect you anymore. Um, and you could say, well, well, hang on a minute. Isn't there freedom of speech in the world today? You know, I have the, the right to say what I want. Well, okay, yeah, you have the right to say what you want, but people have the right to disagree with you as well. And people have the right to not see you as being fit for being a teacher anymore. If you're on the internet saying how you think that, for example, and this is just a random example, so don't shoot the messenger, but, you know, if you're on the internet and you're you're saying that you think that 11-year-old child can decide if they're a girl or a boy and um, they can choose to have surgery and puberty blockers and they should be encouraged to do that from an, an early age, you're going to get a lot of people who disagree with you and a lot of people who think that you shouldn't be in a classroom teaching children. And there have been cases, many cases now actually, of teachers who've expressed their personal views on things through social media um, and they've been banned from the profession as, as a result of that or there's been a massive backlash. So you've got to be super careful about that. So the way you act on social media has got to be um, has got to be really congruent with your role as an educator. So that's an important one. Um, I could really go deep into that, but I think I'll I'll leave it there because I think I've made my point. Now the fifth one, um, and this is again going to be a little bit controversial, but I do think that. Children, especially as they get older, they're not as stupid as maybe, you know, some teachers might think with regards to our actions matching our words. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, if you're in the class in the classroom, for example, and you're preaching about living a healthy lifestyle and having a balanced diet and going to the gym and being fit and healthy. You know, maybe you're teaching a PSHE lesson or a science lesson or a lesson about balanced diets and you're stood there and you're morbidly obese, you're out of shape, um, you clearly don't follow the principles that you're preaching to your students. And maybe you have a good reason to be out of shape. Maybe you have a, a disease or something like that. You know, um, but you know, if, if you don't, and you're there preaching one thing, but you do another, your students are eventually going to pick up on that. Um, and, and I think it needs to be said that, you know, it is part of being a role model that we do actually um, follow the principles that we're teaching our students. Um, a key example I can think of was, and there's two that I'll, I'll draw upon that illustrate my point. Um, there was this teacher who, a chemistry teacher, again, it always seems to be chemistry teachers for some reason. Um, there was a chemistry teacher in my history when I was at high school who I used to respect a lot. And then one day a student walked into the prep room um, by accident. They shouldn't have been in there, but they walked into the, the room where all the chemicals are prepared to find this teacher. And she was smoking a cigarette in the fume cupboard. So she was smoking and, and uh, you know, letting all the smoke go into the fume cupboard so it could be extracted, etc. Now, this was a teacher who was a science teacher as well as a chemistry teacher. So she was someone who would 
teach us about the dangers of smoking, about lung cancer, about um, the effect on um, general health, emphysema, all this stuff. And there she is smoking. My respect level plummeted immediately when I heard about this. And it was, you know, it was, it was just a real turning point in the way I thought about that teacher. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of teachers don't realize this, that you can't just say something to children and then do something that's completely incongruent with that. Um, we have to practice what we preach. Um, another point I'll illustrate was another teacher I had who was, again, you know, a chemistry teacher, and he, he would teach about healthy lifestyles and things like this. And... Um, he once did this information session about diabetes and he had diabetes type 2 and I felt really sorry for him and um, you know he was he was quite an overweight kind of guy um, you know he wasn't in shape but at least he had a reason for it you know so I still kind of respected him after that you know he tried his best he was teaching the subject um, and, it, you know, he kind of had this problem which caused that. But there's a lot of teachers out there who are teaching subjects where they really should be more congruent with what they're teaching. Um, and I ask you this question. Um, is it acceptable, for example, for a PE teacher to be trying to teach kids about good health and sports, but that PE teacher is morbidly obese and is not in shape? You know, is is that acceptable? What do you think about that? I mean, I can tell you when I when I worked in China, um, there were no PE teachers who were out of shape. Um, there's a lot of they have a lot of dance instructors that teach in Chinese schools as well. They're all in shape. Um, you know, there there wasn't the level of morbid obesity that you see in um, a lot of Western um, societies. Um, so I ask that question. I mean, is it really acceptable for a teacher who's saying one thing but doesn't live by example? And, and I think the answer has to be, in many cases, no. You know, how, how can you have any credibility if, for example, you're, you know, you're telling students about the dangers of alcohol and how you shouldn't, you shouldn't, um, drink lots of alcohol because it's bad for your health and then you're on the internet with photographs of binge drinking and things like that so it's a bit controversial um i don't have all the answers i'm afraid but i would say that in general as teachers our actions have to match our words um that's so important to maintain our integrity and our credibility um and if we don't have those things in place then what we're doing is kind of a joke really isn't it you know, and I think teachers, especially who are teaching at faith-based schools, need to really bear this in mind as well. Um, you know, I, I mean, I remember I went I went to a Catholic school um, as a as both a, a primary school student and a secondary school student, and we had these RE teachers and these different subject teachers who would teach their subject, but through the the medium of faith-based education. So a lot of teachers would would start their lessons with a prayer, for example, and we would all pray. Um, different teachers took it to different levels, of course. But there was this one teacher who 
She was the head of the, the sixth form and she would often, um, you know, preach from different verses of the Bible and um, she would give, try and give us some moral instruction. Um, and she would talk about the sanctity of marriage from time to time and all these different principles. And then we find out later that she gets divorced from her husband. Now, I don't know what the circumstances of that were, um, you know, and I feel sorry for anyone who's, who's been through a divorce. Um, I know how traumatic that experience can be. But again, the respect levels from so many students just dropped because this was someone who was, was preaching about how marriage is sacred and it's until death do us part and, you know, that the Catholic faith teaches this and there she is getting divorced. Um, it's just not congruent. And I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong to get divorced. You know, I'm, I'm not here to give um, religious moral guidance. You know, I'm certainly no authority on that. But I think as teachers, we, we've really got to remember that if we're going to say something, we've got to actually live by that. And when we don't do that, a lot of our students just look at us and think, why should I even listen to you? You're saying one thing, but you're not even doing that, you know? Um, so I think that's so important. So to summarize, um, how do we um, fulfill our role as role models for our students? Number one, have a passion for the subjects you're teaching and for the job of teaching itself. Number two, um, give feedback in a timely manner to your students and try and do that through live marking as much as you can. So you're building rapport and you're um, finding out information about your students, something I call professional intelligence. And you're having those conversations and you're actively engaged um, in your lessons. The third thing was to, to really be vigilant um, in your classes and keep those students engaged and um, be an active um, an active practitioner in the classroom. Um, what was the fourth one I've mentioned? I've even forgotten my list now. Um, probably the fourth one should be don't forget, shouldn't it? Um, but really, if, you know, four and five, I think, were centered around being congruent with what you say. If you say something, make sure you live by it. Um, and keep your promises as well. Don't make false promises that you can't keep. And that really is it, everybody. So I hope that that has been um, illuminating to some degree um, on how and why teachers should be role models. Um, I think it's so upsetting these days that we see, for example, um, I've seen a lot of videos on Twitter of Teachers coming to class in, in jeans and t-shirts and sneakers and just looking like slobs, I'm sorry to say. Um, and, I mean, for me personally, and this is just my opinion, you may disagree with me, but I do think as teachers we've got to even have a professional dress code. Um, and I don't think we can even um, command respect from our students if we don't earn it, first of all. We have to earn that respect through how we act. But also, we've got to look professional. You know, we've got to look like we've actually put some effort into how we look in the morning uh, when we go into school. Um, 
so so we see that a lot and we see these standards kind of dropping um you know even with the way teachers behave on social media yeah that was the fourth one social media um there's just too many teachers going on tiktok um going on social media and just ranting about um what they feel about current issues too many teachers are going on social media swearing using all kinds of expletives and your children can see all of that your students can see all of that and you've really got to be um really careful that the wrong person doesn't see it and you know complains about it or or takes issue with it um so if you are one of those teachers listening to this and you've you've put some content on the internet that's full of swear words or something that is vehemently um in agreement or opposed to a certain viewpoint um and it's it, it's it's controversial um and it doesn't put you in the best light you should think about deleting that really and checking your online reputation there are companies out there that can check your online reputation for you and it's so important as a teacher your your reputation online and your reputation in the community that you're um that you're teaching in is just so crucial so that's it from me everybody um a bit of a um a bit of a controversial kind of topic today but i do think this topic is going to come up more and more and more in the future um i do see the pendulum swinging now towards more conservative values going forward um the the lgbtqia plus 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 community um are seeing a big backlash now uh, we're seeing a lot of protests happening a lot of parents speaking up about the indoctrination of children particularly small children with um what some people would call woke ideology um and a lot of people are just saying enough is enough and and i think we're going to see a move towards teaching and teachers being more traditional going forward i really see that i think the ed tech is going to continue but i think we're going to see more and more of a push towards teachers being um more conservative and more in alignment with perhaps what we would thought teachers would be like um decades ago or so uh, we're going to see more um maybe a, a more a more sensible approach to the profession um we're going to see very soon i think um and i think that the kind of um relaxed uh atmosphere or ethos that that some countries and states and schools have had towards their teachers i think i think we're going to see that um slowly decline going forward and i, I think there's going to be there's going to be more traditional expectations of teachers going forward as well um so you know let's see how that pans out so thank you very much everybody i hope this episode was helpful until next time bye bye for now